Welcome back to the podcast. Please check the show notes for content and trigger warnings. I'm going to start the podcast today with a quote from author Peg Streep. Verbal abuse doesn't require words. A smirk, an eye roll, or a laugh effectively communicates that the abuser thinks you're nothing. Pretending you haven't said a word or refusing to answer you works too. Recognize silent or covert verbal abuse. I am your host, Naomi, and this is Mosaic in Progress. Today, we are going to talk about emotional abuse. It's something that's been on my mind a lot lately as I have been dealing with several emotionally abusive people and have friends and family who are dealing with emotional abusers as well or healing from emotional abuse that they endured. And I think it's something that in a lot of ways gets kind of pushed to the side or swept under the rug or ignored or not taken as seriously as it needs to be. I have talked a lot in this podcast about how abusive my parents were. And it is absolutely true that they were physically abusive and abusive in so many ways, but that abuse would not have been able to land and take effect in the way that it did had it not been for the emotional abuse that accompanied it. Emotional abuse, in my opinion, and you're welcome to think differently, is the worst kind of abuse that there is because it doesn't hurt the body. It hurts the soul. It invades the mind like a cancer, taking over it and becoming your internal voice. To this day, I still struggle to hear my own voice in my head instead of my abusers. To this day, their beliefs and morals and ideas and opinions stay in my head and often supersede my own. Emotional abuse is abuse. And pretending that it's not as bad because someone's not being hit is dishonest. And I think we like to pretend that because it's more comfortable. It's very hard to confront emotional abuse because very often it is covert. Overt abuse is not the most common type of abuse. Whether it is violence or yelling or screaming and calling someone names. Overt abuse just does not commonly happen as the primary form of abuse because people wouldn't take it. 
If someone was just yelling at you all the time and there was nothing good in the relationship, you wouldn't take it. If someone was hitting you all the time and there was nothing good in the relationship, you wouldn't take it. There has to be an emotional component to it to where they've manipulated you into believing either that you deserve what you get, they're in the right, or both. And that is where the emotional abuse comes in. That invading of your thoughts, that manipulation to believing you don't deserve any better or because you've done XYZ in your life, this is as good as it'll get for you. I've had many friends who have left abusive relationships and when they did, they had so much guilt for leaving and feeling like they were the ones in the wrong for leaving, that what happened to them was not that bad. And it was mostly abusive relationships, emotionally abusive relationships. And it's hard to overcome that mentality that you don't deserve better or that you deserved what you got because manipulation is in a way somewhat of an art form you have to have enough truth in something for someone to believe that it's true and I recently experienced that with two different situations where someone needed to convince me that they were the good guy in the situation. It was two separate people, two separate situations. And I have been through enough therapy that I recognize the red flags immediately because they both involved my husband and they both immediately started trying to tell me what they felt or thought my husband would do and how my husband felt about them as if I didn't know as if they had knowledge that I didn't possess and that will always be a red flag for me because I've been through enough therapy. When someone tries to speak for someone else and not, hey, my friend or husband or whoever said XYZ, that's different. Giving, giving a quote saying they said something is completely different from saying, I feel they would say this or do this. I think they would say or do this. I've known them long enough that I think this is how they would act or respond. I have always felt this way and they've always felt this way about me. When someone is speaking for someone else, 
it's always a red flag for me when they're doing it from their own bank of knowledge and feelings. Not, he said this, or she said this, but I feel he would do this, or I think he would say this. It's a huge red flag, and that type of manipulation very rarely works on me anymore because I did enough work on myself to figure out that that is gaslighting because I was gaslit my entire life by my abusers. And people pass it off a lot. They overlook it, they brush it aside like it's not that big a deal. But it is a big deal. Because that type of mentality, that type of behavior is toxic. And the more toxicity you allow in your life, the more toxic your life becomes. And it's important, especially if you are a person overcoming abuse, to limit or eliminate that type of toxicity from your life. Because anyone who is fine with being manipulative and gaslighting you is not a safe person. Gaslighting is a term that has gained a lot of popularity in the last few years. It's not a new concept, it's not a new behavior, but people have started becoming more aware of it. And if you're not familiar with the term, gaslighting is when someone manipulates you in such a way to make you question reality. And it's a covert form of emotional abuse. Most abusers use this on their victims in some way or another to keep them under their control. Because if you can make someone question their own perception of reality, you have control of their mind. My father was a master gaslighter and it has taken me over a decade to try to overcome what he did and it's still not completely healed gaslighting is to me one of the worst things that you can do to a person. Someone who I love very much recently gaslit me when I was confronting them about their poor treatment of me. Their using me and disrespect. And I listed out how they had been treating me and they responded with saying that I misunderstood every bit of it 
and that nothing they ever did to me was intentional. And the behavior has continued. The disrespect and emotional abuse has continued. Which just validated me in understanding that this person does not care about me or my feelings. But I didn't immediately register that this person was gaslighting me. And I was a little disappointed in myself for not realizing it. Because it was classic gaslighting. And I think because I do care about this person so much is why I didn't realize it initially. And I think that's where most abusers gain their power. They find caring, empathetic people who they think are easy to manipulate. And good people, caring people, empathetic people, usually assume the best in people. And I'm not saying this to say that assuming the best in people is a bad thing to do. But it comes with a danger. Because not everyone has your best interests at heart. Not everyone cares about you like you care about them. And assuming that everyone is operating with good intentions and trying to be a good person will often get you burned. Especially when you're making that assumption about someone you love. It's hard to see the person you love as an abuser. I struggled with it my entire life and I was well into adulthood before I finally acknowledged that my parents were abusers. And it hurt me more than I can ever put into words to acknowledge that. A lot of the things I say are very easy to say. They're easy to convey verbally, but the putting into practice of them is a Herculean feat. It took me years to walk away from my abusers. I moved out, but I didn't cut ties. That didn't come until years later. And... I don't think anyone who is trying to cut ties with an abuser and is trying but struggling deserves any amount of judgment or negativity for the struggle. Because the struggle comes because you're a good person. Struggle comes because you love them. And neither of those things are a bad thing. 
then to kind of add on to that, there is a huge difference between someone who is emotionally abusive and someone who just messed up. I think we have a very false idea that good people don't hurt people. Good people are still people. They're still human. They still make mistakes. They still hurt people. They still mess up. That doesn't make them a bad person in and of itself with the action. The difference between a good person and an unsafe person is that a good person acknowledges when they've messed up. They try to do better. They try to grow. They try to heal. They try to make it right. An unsafe person deflects, blames, refuses to take responsibility, manipulates, gaslights, and continues the same behavior. It is the difference between patterns and a slip-up. And sometimes slip-ups are really bad slip-ups. It doesn't necessarily mean that the person is bad. It just means that they're human. If you are a human, you will at some point be the bad person in someone's story. You're not perfect. None of us are. What you must do is try to make it right. Try to make yourself better. And grow from that situation. Whatever it is. I have heard a lot of people who spent a long time in emotionally abusive relationships, whether it was as a child or they were in a toxic relationship as an adult with an emotionally abusive person, and they talk about how they still hear that person's voice in their head that that became their default and it's things like women struggling with weight issues or eating disorders or body image issues hearing their abusers voice in their head saying are you really going to eat that are you really going to eat some more of that oh are you really going to wear that oh you're kind of looking a little heavy there now aren't you and, th and just Things that are small. Because are you really going to eat that in and of itself? Doesn't sound that bad. It's awful. It's awful. Objectively awful. And I'm here to say that. I'm not going to make excuses for it. If you are a person who said, are you really going to eat that? You need to work on yourself. And maybe be quiet a lot more. Because telling someone, are you really going to eat that, is a judgment. There's so much wrapped up in that statement. Are you really going to eat that? 
I know more about what your body needs than you do. I'm looking at you and determining that your body doesn't need to eat that. I'm determining that based on how you look because I'm looking at you. And I'm telling you that you're going to look awful if you eat that. Maybe you kind of already look awful. I'm also telling you that you're not a grown person who can make their own decisions about what they eat. So I'm going to make you question your decisions and look to me for them. Like you're a child who needs somebody to tell them what they need to eat. It is an infantilizing statement. It is a body shaming statement. And maybe you've said that to someone and you didn't mean it like that. You were genuinely trying to help. But it's not a helpful statement. It is everything that I just said it was. If you have a friend who you are concerned about their weight from a health standpoint and you love them, don't say that. That doesn't help. I have friends with histories of eating disorders and self-harm and body dysmorphia who heard those things or types of things from their partners and every time they have a dessert now they hate themselves and I mean that quite literally they hate themselves they'll text me I'm awful look I ate this cupcake I was bad today I had pizza and a cupcake I'm a horrible person. I ate like a whole box of Cheez-Its. Food is morally neutral. We need food to survive. Eating it is not bad. It doesn't matter what the food is. You're not a bad person for eating food. You need that. And maybe you weren't making the best decision for your health. But it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make your body bad. It just means that you were listening to a certain part of you. And what it needed. Rather than the whole of you. And what the whole of you needed. That's something you can work on. It's not something that needs judgment. A person who will say something like that or who will gaslight you is not a person who loves you. And it's a very hard statement to hear if you are in a relationship with someone who does things like that, even if it's not a romantic relationship, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend. I was in a very toxic friendship a few years ago, 
um, with a very manipulative, emotionally abusive woman who did so much damage to me emotionally that a few years later I reached out to her and tried to repair the friendship thinking it was my fault somehow that we had fallen apart that the friendship had ended and when I reached out to her she gaslit me and manipulated me even more and it made me realize how deeply she had invaded my brain and manipulated my thinking. It is not uncommon for abused people to miss their abusers and reach back out to their abusers. The reasoning is because people would not get away with abuse if they didn't give you a carrot. And that's the thing with emotional abuse is that there's always this carrot dangling. If you do this, I'll be happy with you. If you do this, you'll gain my approval. If you do this, I'll really love you. If you do this, I'll be proud of you. But you never can quite catch the carrot. Someone very dear to me was in a relationship for a long time with someone who shortly after their relationship started decided that they wanted to be married even though the relationship began with the understanding that that was not an option on the table. This person manipulated them for the next almost five years trying to change them, trying to make them be what they wanted them to be, and would never have been happy had they not got what they wanted. The relationship obviously eventually ended. But it became a point of contention. Even though it was set out at the outset, marriage was not on the table. That was the only thing that would have made them happy. A healthy person, when they see that a relationship is not compatible, that the other person wants something very different out of the relationship than you want, will walk away from the relationship. They don't try to change the person's mind. They don't try to negotiate a compromise somewhere in the middle. They realize that it is an incompatible match. And they move on to seek out someone who is compatible for them and leave the other person to find someone who is compatible with them. 
that was not what happened. And the effects of that relationship poisoned this person to the point of almost not believing in love anymore because of how manipulated they were. My toxic friendship that I mentioned, she attempted to end every dating relationship that I attempted to start while we were friends. And some of it was valid. I wasn't compatible with several of the people who I tried to date. But a lot of it was just the fact that she didn't want me not single. And I didn't realize that until after the friendship ended how much she needed me to be single and how much she needed me to be lonely. And I remember telling her about a fight that I had with the guy that I was dating and how the fight went and we were we ended the fight in a way badly but in a sense on good terms and I thought we could work things out and I relayed what happened to her and she responded I'm sorry things didn't work out with him we hadn't broken up I wasn't even planning to break up with him. But her saying that made me think, am, am I breaking up with him? Am I supposed to break up with him? Is this what we're doing? Gaslighting, as I said, is somewhat of an art form. It requires an element of truth to make you believe whatever the person is saying such that you're not sure if your own perception of reality is accurate anymore and the insidious nature of it does not go away when the abuser goes away stays with you because you have lost your trust of your own perception of reality and in this world the only thing we really have is our own perception of reality once you lose that you have nothing else to hold on to 
Because everything in your entire life is built on top of your perception of reality. When someone takes that away from you and claims it as their own, your world isn't your world anymore. They are. And that doesn't just go away. People think that emotional abuse isn't that bad. Emotional abuse is the worst kind of abuse. Because it changes your entire world. And emotional abuse isn't just gaslighting. I grew up with parents who didn't know how to be parents. And not in an immature, we're stupid, we're kids, we're trying to figure it out kind of way. In a, we don't want anyone else's opinion we're not going to seek advice and we think abusing our kids is the best way to raise them and anyone who thinks differently gets cut out kind of way i read an article one time that perfectly described my childhood with my mother in how she would rely on me and my sisters as her pretty much sole emotional support, including when she was fighting with my father. And it called it emotional incest, which is an absolutely disgusting term that makes me want to vomit. Which is why I think it's the most appropriate term to use. Because asking a 5 and 7 and 12 year old for advice on how you should deal with your husband that you're fighting with, who is also their father, is disgusting. And that wasn't the earliest she did it, and it wasn't the last time she did it. That was my whole life. Your children are not your emotional support. They're your children. You're supposed to be supporting them and raising them. You don't rely on them. They don't take care of you. You take care of them. And when I see parents using their children as crutches because they won't go to therapy or get a support system around them, it sickens me. And I say won't. I don't mean can't. There are people who are limited, and I am aware of that. But being limited does not excuse emotionally abusing your children. Being in a difficult place does not excuse emotionally abusing your children. And if you won't work on that, 
for yourself and for your children, then why are you a parent? If you are someone who has endured emotional abuse, honestly, the best thing that you can do is go see a therapist and work through it. That is obviously not an option for everyone, especially if you are in America. Our healthcare system, particularly the mental healthcare side of it, is pretty much garbage. The best thing that I could recommend you to do is to start journaling if therapy is not an option for you. Go to the library, find some books on healing, working through issues related to abuse, particularly emotional abuse, but don't resign yourself to just being an abused person the rest of your life. Don't use it as a crutch. Don't use it as a shackle. You can move beyond it. You can grow beyond it. You can be more than what your abuser ever wanted you to be. Or thought you could be. Or told you you could be. You can be better. I believe in you. Even if no one else does. Even if you don't believe in yourself. If I can do it, anyone can. I was the person who was never supposed to be anything. My whole family, including my extended family, never saw much in me. I was always known as the weak one and the sickly one and the one who didn't have dreams. I had dreams, I just didn't tell them to anyone. Because no one ever thought that I could do anything. If I can overcome that, you can overcome anything. The day that I told my parents I wanted to be a nurse, I'll never forget it. I was sitting at the dining table and I told them what I wanted to do. And they both looked at me, heartbroken, with the most serious look in their face. And said I couldn't do it. They said I couldn't handle it. It would be too hard on my body. I was too weak. And I had too many health problems. And I wouldn't be able to handle those long shifts on my feet. And moving patients. This September. I will celebrate my 11th year working in healthcare. This July will be my 8th year as a nurse. 
my family did not support me emotionally at all during my journey to pursue my dreams. They were very discouraging, as a matter of fact. And it wasn't until I was on the home stretch and it was obvious that I was going to accomplish what I set out to accomplish that my dad decided he was proud of me and started posting things on social media about how proud he was of me and what a hard worker I was after not speaking to me really at all, even though we were living in the same house for over a year. Your abuser's voice does not have to be your voice in your head. It's hard to get it out, but you can. When you hear that voice saying you're not good enough, when you hear the voice saying you can't, when you hear the voice saying, are you sure? Are you sure that's what happened? Tell it to shut up. Because are you sure that's what happened? Is how people get away with physical and sexual abuse. I have not told my mother that I remembered that my dad raped me. I told her he did something unforgivable. And I will never speak to him again. Without knowing what it was that he did, she asked me, Are you sure you remember it right? My mother is the epitome of a flying monkey, which is a person who makes excuses for and justifies an abuser's actions, supports the abuser, enables the abuser, and gets people on the side of the abuser and against the victim. I hadn't even told her what happened, and she asked me if I was sure I remembered it correctly. You have an absolutely wonderful perception of reality. The reason you think you don't is because someone told you you didn't because that was convenient for them to be able to abuse you. You don't have to let that voice stay inside your head. I recently experienced some, what some might consider minor sexual harassment at work, but he put his hands on me and I have spent the last two days questioning whether it really happened. The moment that it happened, I knew it was intentional and not an accident. 
and I knew it was wrong. My gut told me that, and it's never wrong. But there's still that voice inside my head that says, maybe it was really just an accident. Maybe he didn't mean it. That's not uncommon if you're someone who has been abused. But if you have been, if you're like me, and you spend your time questioning reality, allow me to be the one to tell you you're right. Your gut is right. It really happened. And you don't have to take it. people get away with being awful because they have manipulated the people around them into questioning their reality and accepting their version of reality. It wasn't an accident that he touched me. And you can say these things to yourself out loud, write them down in your head. It wasn't an accident that he touched me. That's not how my husband really feels about you just because you say it. That wasn't a gift. That isn't yours. He doesn't like you that much. I know what happened to me. I remember it perfectly. I remember it how it happened. I know what happened to me. I can do what I believe I can do. I was as upset about that as I believe I was upset about it. As I said I was upset about it. Just because you changed the narrative doesn't mean I'm not upset. Build your own narrative in your head. Say things definitively with intention. Replace their voice with yours. Say it with confidence. Say it with anger. Say it with force. Because they say it with an insidious amount of manipulation so that you'll believe it. Override their voice. Their voice isn't yours. Their voice isn't truth. They don't get to write the narrative. You write the narrative for your life. Write it. Thank you for joining me again this week on the podcast. I hope this episode has been beneficial for you. If you do like the podcast, please follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible. Follow us, like, share, rate, review. Any any interaction is very helpful. This is our 10th episode. We hit over a hundred views this weekend or listens I guess not views I 
so appreciate everyone who has been listening and following and supporting me in this and I hope to continue doing this. I hope this is as beneficial for you as I intend it to be and I intend it to be a healing balm for all those who have been abused, for those who have been neglected, for those who have trauma that needs healing for those who are lost in seeking answers I hope this is a beacon of light for those who are in the dark and I can't thank you enough for coming along on this journey with me please join us next week for the podcast as we both continue to work on our mosaic in progress